You're locked on to DRM1 United. This is Soundbites, and as always, I'm Russell, joined by Peter. Hello, Russell. Hello, and today we're joined in by someone who has been on the other station doing uh, Driving You Home, Jason, Steve, or Steve and Jace, however you, whichever way you want to put it. That would, make it's me a Jason. Speci- that would make me a special guest, wouldn't it? I think so. Yeah. yeah. Um, now, we are talking tonight uh, on the show, we're talking about... Unsolved uh, Mysteries. Yeah, scary. Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> you want to... So, I got a message. Is that the special effects That's you got organised? Yep. Really? <laughs> All right. Well, I hope everyone enjoyed that because it's the last time we'll be playing that tonight. <laughs> no, in post, in post, we'll add some special. Some We've speaking. spared no expense on this show. <laughs> no. You don't realise. It takes a lot to get... <laughs> yeah, no. Um, okay. So, to, on tonight's show, we are chatting about... A few uh, famous unsolved, unsolved mysteries. Yeah. So, should we talk about? Um, actually, before we jump into which one we're going to talk first, let's talk about the the titles of them. So, we've got the Mary Celeste that we'll talk about tonight. The the Atlov Pass. Yep, and uh, there's also um, the mystery about the uh, manuscript. The what? Manu- oh, the Voynich Manuscript. Yep. The SS Orang Medan. So we're not going to be able to get through all of these because they're no. quite they're quite big. Um, but we will attempt to get through at least two or three. Yeah, we'll see how we go. Um, so I guess we should start with the one that we left off last night, uh, last week, as we teased it. And that was the Mary Celeste. Celeste. Okay. Because so we'll that, that was the one that we were talking about a ship or something, and it w- went missing. Uh, is that correct? Sort of. Close. Sort of? Yeah, yeah. That's so, all I remember from the show, right, yeah, by the way. That's good. Well, yeah. I know we're talking aliens. Oh, I know. And I can guarantee you that every mystery we're going to talk about tonight... Has no uh, aliens. Has no aliens, but everyone has assumed that the reason it's a mystery is because aliens are involved. Yep. So let's <laughs> clear our minds of uh, the solution is aliens. It's not. So I guess... But it may be. <laughs> oh, you never know. Because it's a mystery. We don't know the full answer. So so let's talk about the uh the, the history of the ship. So it was a Canadian ship, at least that's what Wikipedia tells me. Please correct me <laughs> if I'm wrong at any stage. Yeah, but yeah. I'm going by by uh Wikipedia. Okay. Uh they say it's the history is Canada. They say it was found adrift and deserted in the Atlantic Ocean off of Azores. A Z O R E S Island. On December fourth, eighteen seventy-two. Right. So. So I've done my research. Yeah, but you sort of took all the mystery out of it. Oh <laughs> no! Hang on, hang on. <laughs> what? Let's, let's try this again. So the Marie Celeste. So she was originally called the Amazon. No relation to Jeff Bezos or his company. I think. How do we know? Okay. Yeah. Yep. So, uh, so we're going back almost one hundred and fifty years. So, uh, and she was a, a sailing ship. Nothing special about her. Um, uh, but on that morning, the uh, in November of eighteen seventy-two, December fourth, uh, she set sail from Nova Scotia. So, uh, and what a lovely place. Yeah, um, sorry, from New York. And she was bound to Genoa in Italy, so she was going to cross the Atlantic. Now, she was manned by Captain Benjamin Briggs, and they had seven crew. uh, And on board was also his wife and their two-year-old daughter. Now, they they had enough supplies on board for six months, so more than what the journey required. um, And 
by all uh, accounts, it was quite a luxurious journey for just a, a little ship like that. Yeah. Uh, they even had a piano and a sewing machine, which in, back in those days were considered luxury items. Well, it, it is that's that's interesting. So tell us about uh, this Mr. Briggs. Do you know much about him? <laughs> well, I haven't met him. <laughs> well, I'm just I'm not that old. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm just I'm just saying from the point but he of was view. A, he was a very. I mean, he he had an unremarkable. Um, Record, which which is a good thing. You don't want someone who has a history of, you know, ramming ships into other ships or whatever. Uh, Until, unlike Captain Smith of the Titanic, who originally yeah. was on the Olympic and he smashed into a, a boat with the Olympic, and then they threw him onto the Titanic, and he we all know what it. happened there. Well, that's a big mystery. Did they hit an iceberg or did they hit something else? Well, no. in all fairness, he was asleep when when the Titanic hit the iceberg. <laughs> that's what you want to. That's where you want your captain to be during a disaster, <laughs> asleep at the at the cabin. But anyway, in his cabin. Um, so what happened after they set sail? Um, the the ship was actually found adrift and by a very good friend of Captain Briggs. Uh, he noticed that the ship. Um, uh, he saw it from the from the deck of his ship, and he noticed that it was only at partial sail. Uh, so he actually went up. Uh, and boarded her with his crew. Uh, and what they found was is that the ship was completely seaworthy. Uh, there didn't seem to be any sign of distress. Uh, it didn't seem to be in any way sinking at all. Um, they didn't look like there was any type of fight. So they weren't boarded by pirates. The whole um, stock and supply was all intact. Uh, and for some reason, um, everyone was gone. They boarded one little lifeboat and they were they were gone so can i add to that too um yeah the the, the ship that found him was a de gracia or whatever however you pronounce it yeah and the captain of that other ship was captain david morehouse so i have a question because i okay all right mercury i know okay you uh, hear me M- out mercury here. the planet no mercury the the substance? the substance right now i'm just wondering because these people just disappeared right Right. Now, I watched a, uh, a, a, I don't know if this TV show is any way correct, but mercury poison poisoning can make people start scratching themselves, start hallucinating, hallucinating yeah, yeah. and then jump off buildings. If in this movie that's what happened, so I'm wondering if these people just jumped off the ship. Was mercury big back then? That's what I'm trying to ask. Well, m- mercury was big. For a long time. Back uh, in that day, yeah. era. And, and that's why um, a lot of um, milliners, uh, hat makers, um, were called mad hatters because they used a lot of mercury in um, the setting of the hats and the fabrics, mm-hmm. uh, which then, of course, uh, they took too much of. So maybe they just took too much mercury and jumped overboard. Wow. There's, uh, there's the mystery actually, solved. Well, no, well, I don't know if it's solved, um, but it's certainly... Well, that would be fine. An option. That would be fine, but Mary Celeste was actually carrying 1,701 barrels of alcohol, actually. Yeah. Um, okay, so they got drunk. Sorry, no, no. But the, the, most of the, most of the um, barrels were intact. La- were large, I, like the, intact. The, I like the part where you said most, which be- means yeah. that there were some that weren't. And, and that's because um, of the uh, 1,701 barrels. So that's, that's, that's quite a lot, a lot of barrels. Of barrels. Maybe they're small, though. Um, so, of, of them, um, nine were empty. And they believe the reason for that is that 
the nine that were empty were made out of red oak and not white oak. Yes, um, that and oak. and because red oak uh, is more porous than white oak, so totally. they think the alcohol the alcohol just evaporated through the red oak and disappeared. Well, they didn't smell any fumes, so that was one of the things. And and um, were and they empty barrels or were they just no alcohol? Because alcohol evaporates and well, they didn't have any alcohol in them, so they were empty, like well, fully. No liquid whatsoever in them. I I, I didn't check them. <laughs> you, you keep asking me as though I was personally well, there. Uh, uh, you're the one who's done all the research. No, but, but my thinking is, okay, nine barrels gone. Yeah. How many people on board the, the ship? So, including the two-year-old? Well, not, <laughs> I, don't, well, I, I, I don't know. I don't know what uh, you're, you're implying. You, you're think, suggesting... I'm just thinking that maybe everyone got drunk, except for the two-year-old. That would be inappropriate. Well... There's nine... nine but, if, but if they got drunk... They should be passed out. Yeah, and, but, and everyone was gone. Um, but we do get told, don't drink and go overboard with your alcohol on the ship, because you will fall off the don't, ship. Don't... Drink and go delivering cargo across the Atlantic. As the message. If you people. drink and sail sailing ships, you're a bloody idiot. Yeah, totally. <laughs> totally. If you're going to drink... And I'll, I'll be on the telly next week. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, it's funny because if you're going to drink, get a skipper, but he was already a captain, so I don't know how that works. Well, you know, the, look at... um, Oh, what's that drunk captain that's always on... That was a kid's TV show. Not a drunk t- captain on kid's <laughs> TV. <laughs> you know, what television did you grow up with? <laughs> Quite a few. Uh, no, uh, it's a movie, Pirates of the Caribbean. Right. The Captain uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. Captain Jack. Yeah. Captain He's Jack always Sparrow. drunk. He's always drunk. Oh, the so Black Pearl. There you go. He's, Is he always drunk? Yeah. That's how. That's how, why he's Captain Jack. Maybe I should watch that movie. You, I think you should. Okay. All right. So maybe it was just a drunk Captain. So maybe, maybe, maybe bring this back to some normality. Oh, okay. Yeah, am I uh, this is normal, you know. <laughs> yeah, this is, we go off on tangents all the time. <laughs> but, but look, let's 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 get back to the Mary Celeste. So, but yeah, so once um uh, she was recovered and they found that she was absolutely shipworthy, um, the story doesn't end there. And in fact, she then earned the reputation of being a cursed ship. Yeah. Um, because after that, um, they tried to um claim salvage rights and they, and they were able to get a small amount of money for that. Um, and then the ship was then um, sold on, sold on, uh, and went back into service. But, uh, but it was sold to the Amer- the Americans. Yeah, no, they bought it. Um, in uh, if I'm correct here, in 1890. Sorry, in in 1868. Yeah, is that correct? 1885. Okay, so, so Wikipedia, get your facts right. So her new captain deliberately wrecked her off the coast of Haiti as part of attempt for insurance fraud. I remember you talking about this. Yeah. But you know that what's really interesting here? As I'm looking at the... It got rebuilt. When is that before the insurance claim or after the insurance claim? Well, probably after because then, um, then <laughs> it went to another captain uh, and they um, were selling it mainly around the West Indies uh, and those ocean routes. Um, but it sort of continued to lose money for them. Was that in 1872? And in, uh, probably yeah. So for about ten years, she she uh, was in you know, active service, uh, and she was doing her job quite well. So somehow, this is the interesting thing. I'm looking at the general char- characteristics of this ship. It, the tonnage back in nineteen, uh, sorry, back in eighteen sixty one was one hundred ninety eight point 
4.2 gross tonnes as built in 1861. But in 1872, it had a gross tonnage of 282.28 gross tonnes. The only way that was possible was through the rebuild that it had back in 1870-something. I would say 71 because that was 72. Mm. Um, now, the length of it, before the, the original length, was 99.3 feet or 30.3 metres as built. After the rebuild, it was 103 feet and 31 metres. So somehow it had a growth spurt. Uh, <laughs> that's the only way, because that would be a big job to to rebuild a ship and to extend it somehow. That's uh, but it depends on where they extended it. The width and the the sorry the length got extended, and the beam got extended, and the depth got extended. That's not unusual because we do that even with our cruise ships now. Is we build a, an entire additional slice. And then we cut the cruise ship in half, it, yeah. separate it, put the slice in between, and then weld the whole lot back together. But that's but this, this ship's made out of wood, not... That's even easier if it's wood. Okay. <laughs> I'm no shipbuilder but, people, so No, I'm I don't not know. a shipbuilder either. Um, but, uh, yeah, so we'll go with, with all of that. So. <laughs> we'll just say that they cut down the middle and shoved a piece in. Yeah. Okay. So, so of that, though, the mystery with regards to the Marie Celeste is that um, even after 10 years of operating and still operating at a loss, they decided to wreck her again and try and do an insurance scam. Um, Don't you learn the first time, people? Yeah, so so this poor ship <laughs> has been uh, abandoned, uh, run into a reef and then run aground um, in her career. Um, but all the, the after the first captain or the, the captain who went missing, um, the, the second captain died. Um, and I think the third captain, uh, the insurance company realised that they had tried to do an insurance fraud, fraud claim uh, and they took him to court. Uh, and back then, the penalty for insurance fraud of a cargo ship uh, was death. I was going to say death. I was, yeah. was going to say, can you guess what? And yeah. I was going to go, death. Death. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, I think that was a solution to a lot of problems back then, just kill you. Yeah, well. So. You know, with her head. Well, <laughs> off with his head sometimes. <laughs> um, look, I, I, I am looking at the miss and false history of this ship. Um, now, I'm going to most probably butcher this, so I'm going to do my best not to butcher it. But okay. in 1913, the Strand magazine provided an alleged survivor account from one Abel Fosdick, uh, F-O-S-D-Y-K, supposedly Mary Cast. The ship's name, please. Mary Celeste. Thank you. Mary Celeste uh, Stewart. So he was supposedly a steward on the ship. In his version, uh, the crew had gathered on a temporary swimming platform to watch a swimming contest when the platform suddenly collapsed. All, ex- all except himself uh, were drowned or eaten by sharks. It goes on to say, unlike uh, Conan Dolly story. Doyle. Thank you. Uh, the magazine proposed that this is a serious solution to the enigma, uh, but it contained many simple mistakes, including Greeks uh, for Briggs and boys, boys uh, for Morehouse. So basically they changed names 
to different people's names. Yeah. The, the, um, so simple mistakes that could clearly tell that this person was BSing. Yeah, and and there's been a number of accounts. So Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who um, you might know, wrote the Sherlock Holmes stories. Uh, he also wrote a um, article about the mystery around the Marie Celeste. Uh, and in it, he embellished quite a bit too. So he talked about um, when they first boarded her and realised she was abandoned, that there was food that uh, had been prepared but uneaten. Um, you know, he, he made it sound as though uh, they left in a great rush. But in fact, there was no evidence that they left in a great rush. Um, there was no nothing in the logbook um, suggesting that they were in distress. Uh, and in fact, the last log entry was 10 days before um, she was found adrift. Yep. Um, there was no real sign of any reason uh, why you would leave the, the boat at all, the ship. And, and you've got to remember, when you decide to abandon ship and go into a lifeboat, um, your chances of surviving in a lifeboat are only um, a little bit better. And we're talking about back then, not today's life craft are far superior than Back then, they were just little dinghies. Yeah. Um, so um, the lifeboat, uh, you know, so to abandon a perfectly good ship and to risk it on the high seas in a lifeboat, um, you, you're really going to take a, a huge chance. So they had to they had to believe something was going wrong with the Marie Celeste. Um, sorry, Mary Celeste. The, a lot of people incorrectly call it Marie. It's Mary Celeste. And I just did it then. Um, so there's um, going to be lots of people saying lots. Yeah, of we're going to get calls yeah. about that. I yep. heard him say it the wrong way. Um, so, uh, so to abandon the Mary Celeste without um, a good reason, um, obviously um, sealed their fate. So one of the, one of the theories that had been postulated. So we already ruled out aliens. Yeah, we're getting rid of the aliens theory. One of the theories was that because nine of the barrels had were empty that the alcohol may have ignited and exploded, giving um, the crew uh, a thought that the rest of the barrels would explode. So they probably all jumped into the lifeboat, um, left the ship, yep. not securing themselves to the boat so they could pull themselves back uh, if uh, the ship was okay. Um, but one of the things that the investigators, the original investigators said, was if that was the case, then the cargo hatch would have blown off. Uh, whereas the cargo hatch was intact. So um, the mystery continues as to why uh, a crew would abandon a perfectly good ship. You know the interesting rumour or, uh, well, rumour that was spread back in 1904 was? Oh. Come on, you should know this. No, no, no. no. <laughs> I probably do. But you know, I probably do. I don't know what you're think thinking. Of, think of a giant. You, you, you're so broad in your thing. I mean, you came up with Mercury, <laughs> and I didn't even know whether you're talking about the planet or the element. <laughs> No, well, actually, I, I I did just watch a, a TV show, Nine One One, and they and and they have a whole episode uh, dedicated to mercury poison poisoning, uh, yeah. and this person who delivers food uh, put mercury in the food, oh. and they ended up uh, eating it, consuming it, and yeah. jumping to the death. Yeah, so okay. quite interesting. Not good for repeat customers. Well, he di- the reason why he did it was not to spoil the ending, but the reason why he did it was because they never bloody tipped him. Uh-huh. So he got a bit frustrated. Anyway, so the, and, uh, one of the rumours, uh, going back to the story, uh, is from the Chambers Journal of September 17th, 1904. I'm hoping that jogs your memory since you researched all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Go on. Now, apparently, some some person, I can't think of his, the guy's name who wrote this, but they said that it was plucked 
off by one by one. Sorry, I'll repeat that. Was plucked off one by one by a giant octopus oh, yes. or squid. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah. Well, that was. I I I I can understand the giant octopus. I don't understand the squid because squids just spray stuff at you. Well, ink. There, there, there are many problems with that theory. One being that no one has ever been plucked off a ship by an octopus, by an octopus, squid, or pterodactyl um, <laughs> in the history of ocean faring. But they have by aliens. <laughs> Maybe by aliens. I'm yet to see the evidence. I'm yet to see the evidence. Um, uh, so, and and again, the, there was no damage to the ship in any way. And you would think that if the first person got plucked off, that the rest would bear arms. And the last thing that they would actually do is then jump on an even smaller craft and try and escape that way. Well, I, I don't see the theory of the alcohol exploding or catching a light being the reason because, again, there would be damage done to the hell, the, the ship. That's right, yeah. So that, that's, and that's, and that's, that's why it's a mystery because of all the popular theories... I still think it's mercury poisoning. Oh, look, I know, I know. It's um, the easiest one. Yeah, to, yeah. To, yeah. I tell you, write it down, um, publish it, and uh, see if you get well, to... Well, we, we need to find out what they're, they're eating first. <laughs> well, I'm sure it's actually been recorded because they, they did do an investigation, so... Oh, well, oh, well, you could... Look, I'm not saying it was mercury poisoning, but it, it's just an option since we're yeah, putting this yeah. out there. Yeah, yeah. And it fits in with the timeline of that period as well because they used a lot of mercury back then. Well, they were using a lot of stuff back then. Though. I know. Well, what else can give you poisoning? Well, they were using arsenic and ma- well, makeup. So the ladies might have, well, not the two-year-old, but maybe the wife was, and I don't know, maybe putting all the sailors in drag. But there was never, <laughs> could be, there was never a... Um, like no one actually knows what's happened to the ship. No, that's right. That's why it's a mystery. <laughs> no, but surely someone has solved the mystery. Well, no, uh, well. I, I don't think you understand the definition of a mystery. It means it's unsolved. <laughs> well, I thought you said I solved it before. I oh. said you had a a proposed. <laughs> oh. I got Did you know in two thousand and one though they found some wood from the 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 ship? Yeah, well they know where it was smashed. Mm. Well. Where, okay. where it is is not the mystery. It's why do you abandon a perfectly good ship? Ghost. Look, that could be a reason. Big tsunami. Could be a reason. Again, why would you abandon a very large seaworthy vessel to go into a very small seaworthy Was vessel? Was the lifeboat ever found? No, we don't know what happened to the lifeboat. The it crew, just disappeared, though. The whole life. Right? So, yeah. so this is my... Okay, let's, let's do a hypothetical here again. Yeah. So... The crew tries to leave, or, right. or the crew gets washed away by a big storm, right. uh, and the wave t- comes and knocks them all off, and they all drown. Yeah. The lifeboat comes loose off of its t- tether, yeah. and it disappears, right. leaving an empty ship. So that would have to be the clumsiest crew and the least tethered well, lifeboat. <laughs> if they were drinking nine uh, cask uh, barrels of... Goon, Alcohol. Uh, <laughs> or whatever, then they might have been intoxicated. Right. Like, well, we're, we're not talking about the smartest people here, are we? Well, how do you know? Well, clearly not, because otherwise it wouldn't be a mystery. Well, no, that, that's the we don't know why they left, so you can't you can't claim it was a lack of intelligence. They <laughs> they were able to sail a ship, you know, not very far. <laughs> well, no, before they got it uh, across the Atlantic several times. Yes, but um, Jason, you want to say something? No, yes, I have. <laughs> I have. I've, I've been waiting. I've been waiting. Oh, you're very patient. Oh, yes. 
There is there is another theory. This is from the Smithsonian. Oh well, yeah, I'm a bit posh. Yeah. Uh, the night before the last entry in the ship's log, the Mary Celeste again faced rough seas and winds of more than 35 knots. Still, McGregor's reasons, rough seas and faulty and a faulty chronometer wouldn't by themselves prompt an experienced captain to abandon ship. Was there something else? This person learned that on a previous voyage, the Mary Celeste had carried coal and that the ship had recently been ex- extensively refitted. Coal dust and construction de- debris could have fouled the ship's pumps, which would explain, which would explain the dis- disassembled pump found on the Mary Celeste. What year? It doesn't have a year. I'm just. It's oh, this is the when they discovered that it was abandoned. Yeah, this oh, so this was between 1972 and yeah, when they did, when, when they found it. No, this was before 1972. No, it would be 18. uh, 18, 1872. So sorry, it was after yeah, 18. sorry, my bad. It um, was. It was. I meant 18, not 19. Yeah. And it goes on to say, with the pump in inoperative, Briggs would not have known how how much seawater was in the ship's hull which was too fully packed for him to measure visually. At that point, Briggs having come through the rough weather, having finally and belatedly sighted land, having no way of determining whether his ship would sink, might well have issued an order to abandon ship. And usually what they would do when in those days, and even now we still do the same thing, is that when you abandon ship, you still have a tow rope to the ship just in case. Maybe the tow rope yeah. broke. Maybe the rope wasn't long enough. Well, and that's what one of the theories are, is that they did all of that. They weren't sure whether the ship was sinking or not. So they jumped into the lifeboat thinking, well, if the ship is okay, we'll just reboard her. Something happened to the rope or something happened to the life raft um, oh. uh, and uh, or whatever it was, but they either couldn't keep up with the ship or the um, um, something happened to them and they weren't ever able to reboard it. But well, there was no evidence of it. T- being rope. tied and 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 well we all know that if you don't do a proper ship tie you're kind of going to be and look, floating if, away if anyone can tie knots it's going to be a sailor maybe this is going back to 1872 so maybe they just didn't know how to tie knots but boats back then were all about knots I and know. ropes and rigging and <laughs> I'm just saying maybe they got the rookie to do it maybe the, the maybe, apprentice the apprentice maybe he didn't tie the two year old yeah <laughs> This is a very responsible job. Let's give it to the infant. <laughs> Maybe. Oh, there we go. Welcome back to uh, Sound Bites. <laughs> this is part two of our mystery episode. And this time we're talking death. The ship of death. Yep. The, and uh, the, the ship we're talking about is the SS Orang Medan. So another another sh- mystery um, ship story. So yeah. this one is... Closer to us, back in 1948, so only about 70 years ago or 80 years ago now. Um, and uh, it started off with a distress call um, being picked up by a number of ships near Indonesia um, uh, from the Dutch freighter SS Orang Medan. Um, now, this one is a bit more interesting because there was actually a radio message um, that was recorded. And uh, the message was, all officers, including captain, are dead, lying in chart room and bridge. Possibly whole crew dead. Then this message was followed by an indecipherable Morse code. Then one final grisly message came through. I, I die. die. Well, 
Well, that was suspenseful. That well done. Yeah. Yeah. I die. You gotta um, do it like I die. So spell. <laughs> so spooky. Did you go to drama school? I did. Did you? Yeah, I did. Did you sit down the back or the front? Always at the front. Right. Okay. Always. Right. I hope you kept the receipt. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> well, so when the first rescue vessel arrived, um, and that was a few hours later, obviously, mm. because it takes a while to get to these things, um, they tried to hail the Orang Madan, uh, and there was no answer, obviously, from the crew. So a boarding party was sent to the ship, and they found um, so we what, should what, what will turn out to be one of the scariest ghost ship stories. We should say that it was the Silver Star ship attempted to do a rescue. So according to uh, BlastingNews.com, uh, <laughs> I'm being legit here. If, uh, I'm sure it's on your piece of paper somewhere. It says, The Silver Star, an American ship, was closest to the Orang Madan. The captain agreed to find the Orang Madan and offer help. Upon finding the ship, the crew members of the Silver Star called out to the, the, called out to the disabled ship. No one responded. The ship was silent. It did not, didn't appear that anyone was on the ship. A rescue crew from the Silver Star boarded the Orang Madan to investigate. What the crew saw next would become one of the strangest unsolved mysteries of all time. So what they saw was the crew was dead, unfortunately, very sadly. However, their eyes were open, their faces were looking towards the sun, their arms were outstretched, and a look of terror on their faces. Even the ship's dog was dead. Oh, poor dog. It was found in a snarling uh, uh, stance. Like, uh, yeah, so yeah. growling, snarling stance uh, at some unseen enemy. So who scared everyone to death? That's what we want to know. Well, when they were nearing the bodies in the boiler room, the rescue crew felt a chill, though the temperature was near 110 degrees Fahrenheit. I don't know what that's probably about 40 degrees uh, centigrade. Hang on, hang on. Maybe a bit uh, more. 140 Fahrenheit to Celsius is, wrong roll, one, 60 Celsius. So 110? 110 is 43. Yeah, so I was close. Yeah, 43.33. So, um, so they decided that, okay, but there's nothing we can do for this crew, so we're going to just tow this ship back to port where a proper investigation can happen. Uh, but before they could get underway, so they had actually um, tied a, a rope to it uh, and they were ready to um, tow it. Uh, smoke started to begin rolling up from the hull um, and they barely, the crew of the rescue ship barely had time uh, to cut the tow rope before the Orang Medan exploded. Exploded and then sank. So why did it sink and why did it explode? Uh, and maybe, yeah. just knows? just maybe, where the transmission says "I die," maybe the there wasn't a person dead. Maybe there was someone still alive, and they got boarded. They hid really well. They were about to tow the ship, and then realized, "Oh, hang on! I've just killed everyone. I better go and blow up the ship, otherwise they'll find me." And maybe it was always going to end this way, but just hypothetically, maybe the person was really good at hide and seek. Could be, um, but that doesn't Explains solve the explosion. Problem. Yeah, well, it could be, or it could be a system that was unattended and has left to go you critical. Would, you would think that the Silver Starship crew would know how to check if a ship needs to be shut down. Well, that's why they were on their way to the boiler room. And wouldn't you have shut down the boiler room if that was said case? 
Oh, look, I agree. I, and, I, and, that's... and maybe they did. I mean, we don't know whether they, uh, what they did, um, because if obviously they secured the ship for towing, um, so that would involve a number of procedures. Um, yeah. Well, it, it sounds interesting to me. It sounds like there there might be a uh, a game of hide and seek happening there, or just. But why? Why would you? Well, why would it, why would the crew all die? I mean, if you if you wanted to get rid of your crew, why would you? Well, it's a really strange way to kill all your crew at once, like in, including have, the dog. Yeah, well, that doesn't explain that part. But uh, I'm trying to think of ways that you could kill someone on a ship that's metal. What if you? Fr- okay, here's a theory. It's a crazy one, I know. Let's say the person had rubber sole boots on. Are was, you suggesting that he electrified the entire hull of a um, yes. cargo ship? Maybe. Do you know how much electricity that would require? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we don't know whether all these people died at once. I'm guessing the people in the... in the. Oh, you uh, reckon it was sort of like a, hey, look at this. and Or here, put your finger on that. Maybe. I don't know. I'm just saying, like, like okay, you come up to the... the the ship's steering room, um, and bridge. and bridge. Thank you. <laughs> I tend to couldn't think what it was called, and you start throwing your gun around or whatever bad guy kind of scenario. The dog starts growling at you, so the dog doesn't have shoes on. So electrocution there would freeze. You know when they say when you get electrocuted, you freeze in spots. So it's like you, your muscles tense. So it explains the eyes opening, it explains the people looking up, it explains the dog's growl, it does explain a lot. Okay, it doesn't explain the whole thing, but it explains why people were dead in that position. Yeah, but the crew members were all over the ship. I didn't say it happened at once. Maybe went from room to room to room to room to room. With a portable electrocution machine. I don't know. I'm just saying. It just <laughs> no, sat- see, see, this is why <laughs> when you come up with a potential option. Sounds good, though. Yeah. Don't be shocked that it falls apart under simple questioning <laughs> as a non-viable on, theory. Maybe he gassed them with gas. Right. So he's in a boiler room. Yeah. Clearly it would have CO2 because... When you start burning things, it produces gases. Uh-huh. Maybe he piped the gas through the air con vent. I take it the ship would have had air con vents and gassed everyone. But then that doesn't explain the whole grizzly dog going um, and dying that way. Unless it was a drug that made people go insane. Uh-huh. I'm just saying there's there's ways there's ways to make this rumor go even further than. How do you think they died? <laughs> Let's let's instead of Russell coming up with theories about how people died, I want to hear Peter's way. Of... I actually I have no idea. It could have oh. been some sort of neurotoxin. I, I have no idea uh, what the ship was carrying, or um, maybe somebody brought on board some booze that was laced. That uh, didn't explain the dog, though. Well, maybe they gave it to the dog. I'm I'm not. I I, I have no idea. That's why this is a mystery. Uh, that's why I want to solve this mystery. <laughs> yeah, We're the mystery solvers, like Scooby and. <laughs> Where are you? You think the two of us are going to figure out the solutions to these <laughs> totally. 70, 80-year-old mysteries? Totally. That's just, just here. That's our job. Is it? Is it? <laughs> yep. Uh, Making it our job now. We've got uh, to solve these mysteries. All right. But, uh, <laughs> well, then let's throw in some real wild and 
It could have been voodoo. Um, well, yes, it could have been. Could it could have been. been. Chances are it's not <laughs> close to zero, um, but it could be. It's, it's probable. It's just no. It's possible. It's just not probable. I'm just wondering if there's any types of gases that would make people go like a dog because neurotoxin. I would think that normally affects humans. I don't know how it would affect the canine, but is there like? I, I do come back. Keep coming back to the whole gassing. Like I know it doesn't solve every single thing, but if there's a gas that a dog might start sniffing and smelling and get upset by that smell and start growling to try to warm people or barking or whatever. The thing is, is that whatever it had to be would have to incapacitate everybody at roughly the same time. Otherwise, if it was a slow acting agent of whatever, um, then they would have sent out a distress distress call before everybody was dead. So do you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. If, if you, you, you wouldn't wait until, oh, 90% of the crew have died. Maybe I should send out a distress. You would do it, you know, if you started seeing a pattern. Well, maybe, okay, but just, um, I don't know, maybe they had a gas leak and they started smelling, but gas wouldn't kill you. Well, well gas, uh, gas uh, bacon, and what do they call it, rotten egg smell? Rotten egg gas. Yeah, okay, so ATCO, our ATCO, the people here say, if you start smelling rotten eggs in your in your house, that is a sign for a gas leak. Now, I think that this was actually a steamship. So it wouldn't have gas on it. So it wouldn't have had gas. Except oh, for the kitchen. Well, the I, I, don't, I don't... They would have had gas back then. No, they probably would have just had a burner, uh, just a oh, little coal okay. burner. Um, and they would have had ventilation. But again, my point is with gas, you'd have to... How how would you affect everybody on the ship at once, or in a in an incredibly small time frame? Who so, knows? So it'd have to be something else that everyone willingly took. Yeah. Um. If if it was some form of neurotoxin, the problem was is that there was no autopsies done because everyone who had perished went down with the ship. Well, it is it's actually really interesting that we've been talking about neurotoxins and and gases and everything. I've literally just scrolled down because this was not on my screen before. Same article. Uh, historians and conspiracy theorists have researched uh, the following. It's believed the Orang Madan was transporting a top-secret chemical weapon. <gasps> dun, dun, dun! Wow. The plot thickens. There's, the plot thickens. And, now, and you should always get your facts from conspiracy theorists. Now, uh, according to this, the logs of the Silver Star omitted any records of an attempt rescue. So no crew members of the Silver Star ever shared any relevant information with the media, according to this part of the story. Um, they're saying that the basically the mystery ship never existed because there wasn't any proof of its ex- proof of its existence. Now, it's interesting they're saying this, and if I um. It goes on to say, so if the Orang Madan never existed, then why did the Coast Guard reference the story in 1954, question mark, and then the CIA in 1959 for a ship that never existed? It is the subject, or it has been the subject, of very of many unanswered questions. Now, the key thing there that I just picked up was CIA. In 1959, they're talking about this ship, this this Orang Madan ship that is no longer with us, and uh, 
could it have been a because it carried cargo, and we know that military organizations send weapons by cargo all the time. Maybe not these days, but back then they might have used private cargo. It's, it's not beyond uh, the realms of reason. I mean, we had just finished the Second World War uh, a few years earlier. Um, type of chemical warfare would they, or weapon, I should say, would they have been developing back then, though? Well, during wartime, you develop all sorts of weapons. Um, at the end of the day, you, every country needs to get an advantage over the uh, enemy. So um, they were looking at everything. Um, I mean, they, you know, they, potentially there could have been, uh, you know, they might have been carrying some um, and charged uh, nuclear particles that might have all given them, um, uh, you know, uh, nuclear poisoning or uranium poisoning or any of those sorts of things. So there could have been that uh, if they weren't contained properly, if they weren't put in a proper sealed um, lead line container or um, then that might have caused everyone to perish and, and roughly at all the same time if their levels of exposure uh, over a number of weeks um, was the same. then uh, But then they would have... Radiation poisoning is actually quite brutal and there's lots of like external burn marks and stuff like that. There is actually a... a uh, look, there's too much information to read about this, but there's a, a Wikipedia page called History of Chemical Warfare. And if you and if you type in 1950s, because this was around that same time, I believe. When did the Moran disappear? 1948. So close to the 1950s, every single country was developing uh, neurotoxins or yep. chemical warfare yep. to actually take out the uh, opposition. Now it is said that the British or the Britain, uh, had uh, in the early 1940s and early 19... Sorry, in the late 1940s and early 1950s, the British post-war chemical weapon research was based in Port Down facilities. Now, I'm not sure if maybe the ship went to that port. Um, now, apparently this was uh, to... Uh, in the 1950s, the Chemical Defence Experimental Establishment became involved in... The, uh, with the development of CS. Now, that's a type of chemical um, control agent. Um, a riot control agent and took an increasing role in trauma and wound ballistics work. So, there's some interesting... Might have to do a whole chemical warfare uh, episode one day. Show on chemical war, sarin gas and yeah, agent orange. Well, well, that's... Like, I literally typed in... Hope I'm not on any ASIO list now. Yeah, Chemical you are. weapons, 1950. Right. And in the 1950s, nerve agents such as sarin, S A R I N, were produced. About 20 tons were made from 1954 to 1956. So this was too far. Well, yeah, 1948. It's only what nine, eight years before. And they would, but it's still too early, I reckon. Well, they probably were. Ex- well, we're still we're still assuming that it was some form of toxin. Well, it ha- surely it had to have been, unless well, this ship never existed. Well, there is that, but there is a number of reports back in the day of various ships receiving the SOS 
So if it never existed, then a lot of people heard the SOS from a ship that never existed. So some space-time continuum. Oh, you want to go that far? Well, I'm just... Oh, wow. I, okay. But no, you know how, how waves can echo and all that kind of stuff? Maybe it was an old SOS from another time. It, it, was, it, it wasn't just a Morse code SOS. It was also radio transmission. So it couldn't have been any earlier than something from the 1910s. Unless it was time travel. I, 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 I know your, 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 your look on your face just then was like, what are you talking about? So are you talking but about the SS Orang Madan was from the future no, coming back to the, the past or from the past coming to I'm the... I'm saying the messages came from the future, from the future, but was pumped back to the past. I, I know it sounds crazy. Oh, no, I know but what you're saying. Because we know that we can't go forward in time, but, we, but the, the yes, theory is... No, they said that uh, time travel going forward in time is, would be too difficult because you'd have to go double the speed of light to get in front of everyone. Well, it depends on your relative frame that you're working from. Yeah, but... It's easier to collapse. Uh, this is so nerdy, but to, it's easier to, to, in theory, punch a hole back in time because you're just folding the space in together. Um, well, no, because you wouldn't t- be t- time is omnidirectional. Go if you can go back, back, you can go forward. But you can't go forward any past because you haven't experienced the forward. No, no. <laughs> well, it depends. We're going to have to do an episode on time because time is very, very complex. Um, now, Einstein believed that all time actually has already existed. It's yep. just from our frame that we're referencing it from that we only know from this point backwards. Yep. Um, but um, if, you, if you look at if, – if we were to then go back to a different point in time, then that frame would only be from that point backwards, even though we know that there's been a whole bunch of time that's occurred in yeah. between. Um, it's interesting. We're, yeah, we're we're sort of we're getting off track now. Yeah, but I do get what you're saying that uh, maybe maybe it was a look if you, if you believe in the multiverse theory, maybe it was the SS Orang Madan from a parallel universe. Um, Who knows? And uh, yeah, coming into our our existence. I just think there's a lot of questions to be asked. That's why it's a mystery. That's why it's a real head scratcher. I look if World War. Two. Two, thank you. I was paused there because for dramatic effect. Yeah, um, no, very effective. Yeah, I didn't know. What. Those drama classes paid off. I know. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so World War Two. When was the nuclear bomb made? In World War Two. Okay, so World War Two. Clearly, it wasn't that because that would not kill. Well, it wouldn't have been a nuclear explosion, but they were they were experimenting nu- with. Um, it wouldn't be a nuclear leak either, because everyone would have registered radiation. Radiation. Well, it depends on how long you've been exposed. And radiation wouldn't make you go psycho, like the dog. I'm talking about the dog here. That's why I keep saying psycho stuff. Like I'm just thinking, like something had to have upset that dog to go into a grr kind of pose, um, and like. But that's the part of the mystery. Unless why the dog why, why would they all have that shock look maybe, on their face? Maybe the dog doesn't exist. Because even with radiation poisoning, I, look, I'm not saying that that's a good solution. I don't even know if that's even a viable solution because um, people who have died from radiation poison don't go crazy in the end. They just get sicker and sicker no. and sicker and then they die. But the the only reference to a crazy thing is the dog. Everyone else was nice and peaceful. 
by the definition of looking up at the sky, eyes open, and the head. What would they... Do you want to read out the beginning of what you said, of where they so died? They were dead, their eyes were open, faces looking towards the sun, arms outstretched, and look of terror on their faces. Oh, so they're saying look of terror. Terror on their faces. Well, it depends on what terror. The terror is very... Def- uh, Maybe it wasn't terror on their face. Maybe it was just the way that they, the corpse just, and ugh. You reckon they all had resting bitch face or something? <laughs> <laughs> like the whole crew. There was not one looker amongst them. <laughs> no, not even the dog. Um, <laughs> They're all dogs. <laughs> Wolf? Yeah. Um, okay, well, it is an interesting story. It's an interesting... Yeah, too, too interesting. Well, a nuclear blast wouldn't... Like, a, a fear. Uh, now, okay, there was not... I take it there was no nuclear blast. Well, there weren't any testing around that area because that's the Malacca Straits. So that's, that's a heavily... Um, that we know of. That's the thing. This could be another mystery. It's pretty hard to hide a nuclear blast. Well, only if you're not Kodak because Kodak was the one who found all the nuclear radiation because it kept interfering with their processing plant of the film. Right. Back in uh, back in the testing days, we'll yeah, go. Yeah. surely I think you told me a, that a lot, too. A lot of a lot of all the um, uh, testing was usually done in the Pacific Ocean. Well, uh, I'm just uh, well, I'm just thinking if a look of terror, hands out like that. If you go by what picture I just saw, yeah. and a scared look or a terror look, tells me something was coming towards them or something was going to get them. Now, it doesn't say whether it had any broken windows. It doesn't say if it had any broken glass. There is a lot of details missing from this. Yeah, yeah. From this. So, uh, it could have, and I'm not saying it is, but it could have been another tsunami. It could have been. Because the look of terror, the, 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 ah! Uh, uh, um, <laughs> you can see my face. <laughs> yeah, no, that, those drama lessons I know. are just paying dividends tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that should be called drama, Russell. Yeah, yeah. Um, but, look... Whatever happened to them, they're all dead now. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're at the bottom of the ocean because it exploded. But it doesn't explain the explosion. It does not. It doesn't explain, explain it. the explosion. And the Malacca Straits aren't that deep, so I don't know uh, why they haven't gone looking for the boat. Maybe it does explain the explosion. Okay, here's another theory. Oh. The CIA. All right. Had let's, a, let's not leave them out. Had a nuclear. Had a weapon of some sort on this ship. Yep. Now, they wanted no trace of it. Nothing. Nothing. They didn't want anyone to know about it because it killed everyone. Everybody. Yep. So they got the uh, the star, the, sorry, I've closed this thing, the other ship to go and yeah, yeah. board the, star, yep, yeah. the Silver Star to board the ship. Go Put get a bomb. Go get all the, all, the, all the hidden documents or hidden material yeah. off the ship and then make the ship disappear. Now, it doesn't have to necessarily be the CIA. Could be any government agency. It could be any agency at all. It could be the Russians. Um, it could be anyone. I'm just saying. CIA was mentioned in the article I read, so let's say it was them. For, okay. Because uh, okay, yeah. they counterintelligence agencies. They yeah, yeah. they like yeah, this yeah. type of stuff. Yeah, yeah. Espionage. Now they had to make that ship disappear. Yeah. So they had to blow it up. All the way. The easiest way to get rid of a ship is to blow it up. Yeah. Once it's gone, it's gone. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. I think I've solved the mystery. I think you have. Yeah. I think you really have. I know. And I don't know what's more surprising. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's... <laughs> what, what, what do you mean by more surprising? That it sounded legit? It sounded like it's actually plausible? 
<laughs> World War Two. Yeah, it's yeah, in the right yeah, time period. Yeah, well, after World War yeah. Two. Yeah, soon after. Uh, trying to get some weapons that shouldn't be, be out in the, in the wild yeah, back. Yeah, and yeah. what a way to make yeah. it disappear. It doesn't explain the Morse code unless they're trying to cover their tracks because well, Morse code... I think, it, I think it does, though, because if, if the CIA, yep. and we might as well blame them... Sorry, CIA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, if the CIA did have something on this boat that caused the... Or the ship that caused the crew and the dog to die horribly, yep. knowing that it was a dangerous... Substance. Substance. They sent the Silver Star in to do the... Clean up. Clean up. Go get all the important documents, materials, and then send it to the bottom of the deep. Yeah. To cover up the whole thing. And the crew didn't know that they were carrying a deadly substance, so that's why they sent out the SOS. Yeah. I think you might have cracked this. No, I don't think so. No, surely. I don't th- yeah, but look, I, I think if, if it was that obvious. A, <laughs> what if it was that obvious, though? What if, what if come 100 years from now, we'll be not here, but what if it came out that that was the actual... Uh, storyline that the, they released some documents and they're like, oh yeah, by the way, we did have this t- nerve agent, toxic agent that we were developing uh, for World War Two. Didn't need it because World War Two ended. We thought, oh well, we need to get rid of it, so we got rid of it. So we got rid of it. Unfortunately, the dog died. When was the CIA formed? Good question. Let's have a look. CIA formed. Nineteen forty-seven. Oh, okay. Is that too soon? That's a bit too quick. July twenty-six. Were they were they formed uh, from Under a number n- of departments coming together? The United States Central Intelligence Agency was created on tw- July twenty-six when Henry S. Truman signed the National Security Act of nineteen forty-seven into law. Oh, so forty-eight. They probably only would have just been. Sharpen, but sharpening their pencils and choosing office space. Who, because he signed a, a law into thing that they wouldn't just start this agency straight away. Straight away, like out of nowhere, they would have been sending agents from other agencies, like the NSA. Yeah, when, you, when was the NSA a, a done? Because they do a lot of hacking and all that kind of stuff. So the NSA, they're the fairly NS- race, recent, I, my understanding. No, apparently the NSA was also made in 1947. Oh, there you go. So this was all part of the National Security Act. So, but was there agencies prior to the CIA, which you were describing, uh, sorry, were all sorry, coming I, together into... I, I should actually make that di- make a... a, a Interesting point here, according to the Wikipedia National Security Agency page, the originating as a unit to decipher code communication in World War Two, it was officially formed as the NSA by President Harry S. Truman in 1952. The National Security Act was signed in 1947. Right, okay. So, maybe, just, uh, just thinking outside the box, they didn't want to pin it on these agencies like CIA and NSA and the rest of them because they were too new. So they had another agency that wasn't really an agency. It was a group of... Yeah, but did they have some other what form of um, what yeah, spy espionage agency before that and then they just rolled them over into two various agencies, the CIA and the NSA? Well, let me have a look. I'm going to search spy agency. Okay. <laughs> 1940. So apparently it was called 
uh, no, that's the British. So the British had had theirs um, back then. It was called uh, SOE, Special Operation Executive, oh. and then it formed into, excuse me, um, uh, the British Spy Intelligence Service. Um, now, there was uh, spies back in the 1940s in World War Two, but there is, I just can't find, maybe someone can help us out here, there just isn't, doesn't seem to be a list of agencies back then. Well, they probably don't publish their spy agencies. <laughs> Well, hang on, hang on. We got there, and well, no. Let's think about this. We know all know about ASIO. Yeah, we all know about about MI six. We all know about uh, CIA, F, uh, FBI, uh, NSA, the rest of them as well. Like spy agencies these days don't go under the radar, unfortunately. No, no, but but back then maybe they did. Well, yeah, I I, I think we only know about the ones they want us to know about. When did the nuclear When did the nuclear bomb uh, get developed. Well, that was back in the early forties. Okay, so uh, I'm late thirties, uh, early forties. We are over time, but I just wanted to see which agency agency handled the development of nuclear. Well, it was the U.S. military? I think it was the Navy under Project the Nuclear um, Se- National Nuclear Security Administration. World War Two since 1946. This again is. Around the same time, but yeah. not, not really. Uh, but it was under the Department of Energy. So a simultaneous agency in the Department of Energy. It was called the Nuclear National Nuclear Security Administration, or NNSA. Okay. So uh, it. This is so maybe it's not as simple as the CIA did this. Maybe it was a Department of Agriculture. But wouldn't it be a bit risky, or maybe it wasn't? Maybe, maybe it that was wasn't part back of the then. plan to send this element, item, whatever it was. Well, it was just cargo on a cargo ship. It was just a cargo ship, and maybe they they didn't. The maybe there was. See, this is the thing because we're so like we're we're trying to decipher what the hidden message is. Now, I'm just thinking. Can a Morse code, can you tell where a Morse code comes from? Like, is there, it's not like radar where you can go, ding, 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 and it pings you. Can, you. You can triangulate radio signals, but, but you need at least two sources picking it up. But And then you tri- triangulate it from w- there. With Morse code, you most probably couldn't because it's... No, it's still a broadcast. Yeah. It's still, it's still broadcast out. So that's why you need at least two receiving stations. And then from there, you triangulate the position of where it originated from. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been an interesting solving the mystery of uh, these, SS the, Orang Madan. Uh, the SS Orang Madan. Um, maybe we have solved it. Maybe it's yeah, maybe see. maybe it's as simple as that, and maybe we're going to have a knock on the door tomorrow. Well, going, you will. They don't know my address. <laughs> <laughs> they'll, they'll go, Russell. You can't publish that. No, you're not allowed uh, to publish that. Um, Look, if I it, don't think we stumbled. What, what if it was that? I'm just, I just. Well, look, it could be. Could be. Since we don't know what the actual answer is. So. And there's a lot of consti- conspiracy theories that think this as well. Yeah, I'm sure there is. And <laughs> I just made that up on myself. So. There you go. There you go. <laughs> Maybe I should be a spy. <laughs> you could be 
If you can dream it, you can do it. I know. <laughs> and that's where we're going to leave you for tonight, ladies and gentlemen, because we are over time. So if you can, if you can dream it, you can believe it. Yeah, it's yeah. like walking through wars when I was a kid. <laughs> that's a whole new story for a different day. Yeah, I don't think so. um, next week, we will take up part two of this where we'll get off the topic of ships. Yeah, we're going to leave ships altogether. All yep, and we're going to talk about um, some other oh, maybe mysteries. Maybe we'll go to the Dyatlov Pass and the Antikythera mechanism yes and then we might if we get time if we need a third episode we'll do a third episode because i'm very interested in the manuscript i want to know what was on this manuscript okay i just i just want to know what's on it i don't care how it got lost if it got lost um but i really do want to know what was in it okay well maybe it had a good pizza recipe we'll find out it's all there we'll find out hopefully maybe not next week but the week after um the anyway, truth is out the there. truth is out there. Keep, keep, keep searching. Keep, yeah. keep Stay believing. Stay skeptical. Yeah, don't believe everything you read. Yeah, <laughs> or, or see, or here, or, on, here. or here on this show, especially. <laughs> <laughs> Stay safe. Stay happy. Uh, and if you're in WA, lockdown is over. Yes. <laughs> oh, that hurt my ears. That yeah. My yeah, thanks for that. <laughs> it's going to be ringing in my ears for the next week. <laughs> well, just like the message. Anyway, we're out of here. Bye. Bye.